Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen, thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Quebecor Inc. financial results for the second quarter 2021. I would like to introduce Hugues Sima, Chief Financial Officer of Quebecor Inc. Please go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Quebecor conference call. My name is Hugues Sima, I'm the CFO, and joining me to discuss our financial and operating results for the second quarter of 2021 is Pierre-Carl Pilado, our President and Chief Executive Officer. Anyone unable to attend the conference call will be able to listen to a recording by telephone or webcast. Access details are available on Quebecor's website at www.quebecor.com. The recording will be available until November the 4th. I also want to inform you that certain statements made on the call today may be considered forward-looking, and we would refer you to the risk factors outlined in today's press release and reports filed by the corporation with regulatory authorities. Let me now turn it to Pierre-Carl. Merci and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, before turning to um, our operational and financial results, I would like to uh, briefly come back to our discussion last week uh, further to the conclusion of the 3,500 megahertz auction. As I stated then, uh, we are uh, very pleased to have won significant bands in the strategically important and valuable spectrum both in Quebec and also in key regions of Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, and British Columbia. The outcome of this auction is for us the first essential step towards the expansion of our telecom services outside of our own base of Quebec into key markets of Ontario and Western Canada, where we believe we are uniquely qualified through our operational track record innovative approach and a solid balance sheet to succeed in providing Canadians with well-priced, technologically superior telecom services always in line and evolving with their needs and expectations. In terms of, next, of the next steps, it is important that the regulatory authorities make good on their recently announced decision and mandate an appropriate framework whereby efficient and timely negotiation can be concluded and thus ensure that MBNO become a true alternative to encourage ongoing competition in Canada. Specifically, as it was no doubt the CITC objective in this recent decision, the uh, Telecom Regulatory Policy 2021-130, to foster and encourage competition in the wireless market, it is important to highlight, once again, the difficulties we had for years to access the infrastructure owned by Bell to accelerate the deployment of high-speed internet in our Quebec market. TRTC intervention was ultimately required to force Bell to give access to its infrastructure 
on reasonable terms, so the CRTC should thus be proactive this time around and impose as quickly as possible specific regulation for wireless network access to achieve the policy objectives. I will now review our, our operational results, starting with telecom. Over the past few weeks, I have had the pleasure of traveling across Quebec to announce to the residents of several rural areas that we are very pleased to soon be able to offer connectivity to their homes and neighborhoods. That said, our project to deliver high-speed internet to 37,000 households in the municipality of Abitibi, Montérégie, Bas-Saint-Laurent, Capitale Nationale, Charlevoix, Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean, Laurentides, La Naudière et La Haute-Côte-Nord, to name a few, is well underway. Again, I wish to salute our teams and partners who have taken up the challenge of connecting those owned by September of next year. As a result of this project, we will essentially be doubling the average output of incremental owned paths during 20, uh, 2022. Starting with our wireline segment, we're pleased with our performance this quarter, especially considering the accentuated seasonal impact resulting from the Quebec moving period observed in Q2 this year. However, it has been the case for many years due to this unique moving situation in Quebec. The third quarter started on a very positive note in terms of volume growth. For a fourth consecutive quarter, we added over 100,000 customers to our LX services bringing our total to 922,000 RGUs as of June 30th, 2021. In less than two years, more than a third of our customer base has subscribed to benefit from our Elix platform and all its superior functionalities. As we continue to develop our Elix experience, we are pleased to announce that we have signed new deals with Medio Media and Zonify to integrate content to the Elix catalog. We have also recently introduced Tuber to our Elix platform. Furthermore, Elix self-installation, which launched in March, is being widely adopted as close to two-thirds of our customers now opt for this option to initiate their services. We have already surpassed 100,000 self-installation since the launch. With a 90% overall customer satisfaction rate, this program has proven very successful. Solid broadband growth continue to our FIS brand, which offer a unique consumer experience that allows us to differentiate ourselves from competitors. Despite the dilutive impact of FIS broadband pricing, we posted a 5% or $2.73 consolidated internet ARPU growth. On the wireless front, we posted 27,000 new ads during the quarter in a more competitive environment than last year. Let's keep in mind that last year, we capitalized on the fact that we were out of the gate better prepared than all of our peers 
to welcome back customers in our retail stores. Once again, this quarter, we captured, on a combined basis, the largest share of gross ads in Quebec, despite our competitors continuing to be aggressive, especially towards the end of the quarter. Wireless app poo was essentially flat for the quarter, with both the Fizz and Vidéotron separate app poo increasing. That has been the case for several quarters, and improving due to a slight uptick in roaming, greater value per equipment, and most importantly, Fizz are growing faster compared to the last quarters. Vidéotron launched its equipment installment plan, EIP model, in mid-June, strengthening our marketing strategies and addressing evolving customer needs. So far, we're pleased with the customer's adoption to our new model. As expected, we experienced some learning curve issues relating to our sales channels during the initial week following the launch, but they have since been resolved. Furthermore, in line with uh, Quebecor and uh, Vidéotron's strategic vision focus on continuously meeting the expectations of today's consumers, we will shortly be launching VRAI, the first video subscription platform dedicated to exclusive unscripted lifestyle, documentary, and entertainment content. The promise is to offer thousands of hours of all French on-demand content, including over 40 first-run exclusive original Quebec productions. We also commit to offer over 100 original Quebec productions by the end of 2022. Along with the success of Club Medico, which is dedicated to series, movies, and youth programs, this new platform will nicely complement our content offerings. With the addition of Vrai, Quebec R strengthened its leadership position as the largest catalyst for original productions in Quebec. We are expanding our collaboration with local producers, and we will continue to invest significantly in the production of new local content. Turning to media, we are very pleased with our result in this second quarter, as activities came back on stream, <coughs> leading to a significant increase in advertising revenues and television, both for at the TBR network and our specialty channels, as well as in newspapers and out of home. TBR group total viewer market share was 42.6%, continuing to be the reference in television in Quebec. The TBR spa specialty channels stood out with an exceptional five-point market share growth, mainly because of the Montreal Canadiens strong performance in the National Hockey League playoffs. In production and audiovisual services, Mel Studios are also operating at full stream again, and we're really, really pleased to announce the construction of Mel 4, which will increase the size of our studios by more than 160,000 square feet, making Mel even more attractive to foreign producers of blockbusters and television series. Speaking of media, I feel compelled to repeat 
that in order to ensure the, the sustainability of, of our advertising revenue and the vitality of our competitiveness on local news media in the face of global competition, it is more urgent than ever than the federal government legislate to enable Canadian press publishers to negotiate collectively with the web giants to obtain fair compensation for the use of their content. Canadian heritage concur with this position, which we have been defending for years. It is time for the government to table a bill to establish a framework that enables newspaper publishers to negotiate on a level playing field. We need to stand together if we are to secure the future of news coverage in Quebec and Canada. Finally, turning to our sports and entertainment operation, activities remain muted this quarter, but we are busily planning the gradual resumption of events with a full calendar lining up in sports and music for the fall and winter. I will now let uh, you review our telecom and consolidated financial results. Merci, Pierre-Carles. Quebec course revenues were up 13% in the quarter to $1.13 billion. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 7% to $928 million, driven by equipment revenue as well as wireless and wireline services. Revenues from our media segment grew 49% to $198 million. Quebecois EBITDA was up 5% to $501 million. Our telecom segment recorded EBITDA growth of 4% to $482 million. It represents a 52% margin, still the highest in Canadian telecoms, despite heavier equipment loading and greater sales and marketing expenses. Our media segment recorded an EBITDA of $17 million, a $9 million increase. We reported a net income attributable to shareholders of $124 million in the quarter, or $0.50 cents per share, compared to a net income of $175 million, or $0.69 cents per share, reported in the same quarter last year. The decrease is mainly explained by an unfavorable variance related to debt refinancing. Adjusted income from continuing operations, excluding unusual items or gains or losses on valuation of financial instruments, came in at $158 million, or $0.65 cents per share, compared to an adjusted income of $145 million, or $0.57 cents per share, in the same quarter last year. For the first six months of the year, Quebecor's revenues were up 8% to $2.22 billion after six months, and EBITDA was up 5% to $954 million. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 6%, in that period to $1.84 billion after six months. Telecom CapEx spending increased 8%, or $11 million in the quarter, as a result of a heavier ramp-up in the LTE advanced and 5G rollout plan, leading to a wireless uptick in CapEx of $18 million. Our cash flow from operations for the second quarter of 2021 increased by $12 million, or 4%, to $338 million, once again demonstrating the resilience and strength of our business model. Our financial profitability, propelled by the strong returns from our telecom segment, remains very solid. Cash flow from operations for our telecom segment grew $7 million to $330 million. 
As of the end of the quarter, our net debt to EBITDA ratio was 2.71 times, down from 2.75 times reported as the end of the second quarter last year, and one of the lowest of all our telecom peers. I would like to point out the success of our recent refinancing exercise, where Videotron issued $750 million of senior unsecured notes in the Canadian market and $500 million of senior unsecured notes in the U.S. market, both yielding uh, 3 and 5.8%. Pro forma, the redemptions of Videotron's 5% senior notes and Quebecor Media's 6 and 5.8 senior notes in July are available liquidities of $2.4 billion provide us with much flexibility to continue our investment in strategically important growth projects while maintaining a balanced approach to M&A. During the first six months of the year, we purchased and canceled 4.1 million Class B shares for a total investment of $132 million. Since we initiated our NCIB 10 years ago, approximately 44.7 million Class B shares have been purchased and canceled. Please note that the Board of Directors, upon termination of the August 2020 program, has approved the renewal of the program for an additional year. I will now turn it back to Pierre Cal for the conclusion. Thanks, in conclusion, we're um, pleased with our operating and financial results for this second quarter as we continue to deliver steady and disciplined growth in revenues, profitability, and cash flow. Along with one of the strongest balance sheets in the industry, we are well positioned to play a central role in the major expected evolution of our telecom competitive dynamics over the next few months. Our track record speaks for itself, and we intend to continue to make our mark as the one of the best-managed and most innovative telecommunication companies in Canada. We thank you for your attention, and uh, we will now open lines for the questions. Of course. Um, so just to remind everyone to um, ask a question, you can press star 1 at any point. And the uh, first question comes from Jérôme Dubreuil from Desjardins. Please go ahead, Jérôme. Oui, merci. Uh, bonne journée tout le monde. Uh, first, uh, first uh, congrats on the results. Um, we saw strength in, in telecom revenue, but maybe margins were, were a bit uh, lower than, uh, than expected. Uh, and I'm wondering um, uh, what's the role of the deployment of Helix in that situation, given the the royalties, and should we expect um, a continued impact from uh, from that going forward as um, as the percentage of clients uh, on Helix is ramped up? Uh, thanks, Jérôme, for for the question. Um, yeah, we we've, we've talked about that in the past. I mean, of course, the the Helix model is slightly different from uh, you know uh, with uh, fewer capex and a little bit more opex. So that that does obviously have a, a you know an ongoing impact on the margin. Uh, but it's uh, but it's you know at this I mean mo most of the uh, of the impact this quarter has to do with uh, you know equipment the, the the increase in equipment sales on the top line where margins are, are slightly lower as I'm sure you understand and um, and um, a little bit more investments in uh, in uh, in marketing and advertising and uh, I would add Jerome also that um, as I mentioned in the, in my uh, script is the uh, the, the self installation. As a feature which uh, obviously provides uh, uh, through uh, the continuation of our deployment, um, reduced expenses 
and reduce operational expenses. So it uh, looks, looks promising. Great. And then um, in terms of wireless, uh, where um, some people are looking for, um, for growth vectors, um, where do you see your, your market share going eventually, maybe in the medium to long term? Uh, so the market share for, for wireless uh, in Quebec. Well, what we can say right now is that our uh, growth ads are favorable to uh, the, the rest of uh, the different operators or the rest of the other brands also, because as you know, you know we operate two, two brands and we, I think, are fulfilling well the different segments. Um, you know, we will continue to, uh, to be aggressive uh, where we were. We will continue to be innovative. Uh, and we look forward to at least maintain our market share and even growing. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you. All right, uh, next question comes from Drew McReynolds from RBC. Please go ahead, Drew. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, good morning. Uh, just a couple for me. In terms of the sequential uh, improvement uh, in your view, wireless uh, ADPU or ARPU, um, you know, you talked in your, your opening remarks about, about those dynamics. Uh, just want to confirm, you know, there's nothing necessarily unusual uh, in the quarter that, that we should account for. Um, and then secondly, uh, with respect to Q3, um, nice to see the seasonal pickup uh, in terms of, you know, activity post the moving season. Just wondering, uh, when you look at that moving season this year uh, versus last year, as well as what you anticipate on, on a back-to-school uh, season, um, you know, how close do we, are we to, uh, to a normalized uh, Q3 from your perspective? Thank you. Uh, I'll start uh, Drew, with the uh, you know the, the second question. Um, you know, it depends you know, the, the 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 last date of of the quarter. Um, uh, this is why you know we uh, we consider that you know we and we always talk you know in our conference call Q2 about the the, the first uh, experience of the uh, the weeks after the the uh, critical July 1st date. Um, as I mentioned, you know, uh, what we've been seeing uh, is uh, very positive. And for the back-to-school, uh, you know, we're uh, coming in sh shortly and, and slowly, and uh, we're well prepared, you know, to have an a, uh, interesting program in terms of the different um, services that we're able and we will continue to provide. Obviously, you know, we're talking about wireless and Internet access. Uh, but also, you know, with Elix, which is providing also an interesting um, uh, product. Uh, looking forward, uh, maybe for the for the first yeah, part. Uh, yeah, the app you uh, drew nothing uh, to specifically answer your question. Obviously, no, nothing unusual. It's um, it's what we've said. I mean, it's uh, you know, there's a slight, a little bit more roaming, a little bit more uh, equipment uh, or value per per equipment. 
and mostly both of our, you know, both of our brands, um, you know, moving up, and uh, with Fizz moving up a little bit uh, comparatively more, so picking up, and so uh, not, not having such a, a dilutive effect as it has had for uh, for a number of quarters. So I think that's good news. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, next question comes from Pratik Agrawal from Canaccord Ingenuity. Please go ahead. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for taking my question. So, uh, congrats on the good quarter. My first question is on wireless revenue growth. Like it was solid at 9.5% this quarter. How should we think about the EBITDA growth this quarter? And then a quick one on the internet revenues. As you mentioned, uh, Cubicle generated meaningfully higher ARPU in internet despite the face broadband. If you could just give us some color as to what is driving that and how should we think about it going forward? Okay, good morning, Patrick. Dig uh, will give you details. Um, on, on the wireless, um, you know, wireless uh, EBITDA growth, I mean, we're, you know, it's not something that we, uh, that we, that we give out, uh, Pratik, as, um, as I'm sure you, uh, you know. But uh, you know we're well, uh, you know we're well, uh, you know we're well in the in the you know in the high teens. So um, I think nothing. Uh, uh, I think it's continuing on its path that, that it's been on for, for quite some time. We continue to grow our, our profitability and our margins in in in, uh, in wireless. Uh, in terms of your second your second question had to do with uh, with internet um, revenues and it, it was specifically what? Sorry, uh, Pratik, can you? Yeah, like, uh, yeah like, so Cubicore generated higher ARPU in internet, uh, despite, like you mentioned, face broadband. So just wanted to understand as to what is driving that oh, okay. and how should yeah. we think about it going forward. Yeah, uh, well, the first, um, you know, first point is the first full quarter of, uh, of annual increases. Um, and also, uh, most important, more importantly, you know, continuing to see more customers upgrading to higher uh, to higher packs and higher um, uh, higher speeds as well. So um, so that that was mostly the uh, the reason behind our nine percent uh, internet revenue growth. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, next question comes from Vince Valentini from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, question maybe more for Pierre Carl. Is, uh, you know now that you've been we're in the uh, president's seat for for a couple months now. Any big picture thoughts from your perspective on the competitive environment in in both your your cable business and the wireless business, and your thoughts about the balance of of pricing versus market share gains going forward? Are you happy with uh, what what the company's doing currently, or there's any uh, tweaks to that model that you you might be thinking about? Well, uh, thanks, uh, Vince. Um, well, you know, uh, I think we, um, yeah, there, there's a changing environment, but not completely. I mean, you know, Quebec has been always competitive. Uh, Quebec has uh, always, you know, uh, provide the full competition on the wireless side with, uh, you know, many brands, more brands than elsewhere. Uh, as we all know, you know, this is where we, you can get, you know, the cheapest price uh, for wireless, yeah. and you know, with the, also the the TPIE component, uh, which is probably uh, more uh, largely um, uh, available in Quebec with many companies. Uh, you know, we've been also 
seeing highly competitive prices in the, the, the Internet access market. You know, uh, I was just watching this morning prices you know, in Toronto for, for let's say, uh, 150 megabytes, and it's going to cost you know, close to $90, where you can have that kind of or close to that product for 50 bucks. Uh, in, in Montreal or in Quebec. So it remains very competitive. It will continue to be competitive. So then, therefore, we need to, con to continue to differentiate ourselves with, uh, with customer service, which we, uh, you know, for the last 20 years have been uh, uh, involved in uh, to continue to launch uh, uh, new products. Uh, Elix has been there, you know, to continue to offer uh, positive perspective. Uh, to continue to uh, highlight, you know, our convergence play, um, and uh, I was referring to, you know, the new streaming service that we will launch uh, shortly. So all those, uh, you know, participate in our capacity to continue to be strong, but we need also to be uh, a slick operator, uh, taking care, you know, the amount of money that we're spending being uh, uh, sometimes more in detail. Um, so. Uh, it's business as usual, I would say. You know, there's nothing completely new. Uh, uh, we've been used to that, and we will continue to succeed in, in, a, in, in a more competitive environment than elsewhere in Canada. Thanks for that. A couple of other smaller, um, maybe clarification type questions. Uh, I know you said you were number one in gross ad share in wireless again this quarter, but are you willing to give us that figure again, or did I miss, miss it in your opening remarks? Uh, no, we didn't get that figure, but um, you know, 30. Uh, did we get that uh, 30? Yeah, yeah, 30 percent. Um, I think it's um, you know altogether. I'm 30 percent of the uh, of the uh, the growth has uh, this quarter. Okay, thank you. And um, another clarification: the the Nouvray service is that a, a subscription service or advertising driven, and is it owned and and the startup costs borne by by Videotron, or or is it through your broadcasting company, TVA? Uh, it's a subscription uh, service. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you were to take also Illico, you have a bundle of better pricing. Um, and uh, the model that we've been using is a model that has been successful in the past. I mean, you know, the first window of broadcasting goes on streaming service. And uh, the additional windows, if any, then will go on the different channels that we operate to TVA either on the specialty channels or either on the, the main network, you know, a few months or years later. So uh, we're not going to tell you, you know, how we break down the prices, but, you know, you can imagine that auditors goes you know, through this, this uh, operation on a, uh, on a steady basis. Okay. And the last one, um, probably for Hugh, is uh, the operating cost run rate within the, the telecommunications segment. Excluding wireless handsets, which which I know bounce around from quarter to quarter depending on volumes and and promotions, uh, the base operating costs beyond that are we at a kind of a new normal run rate in the second quarter where all of the the sort of pandemic impacts have reversed themselves out, or is there another potential step up in operating costs in in the second half of the year as you continue to have more normal employee costs and and retail store costs and, and other things? 
No, I, I think there'll be, you know, there'll be puts and takes, uh, Vince, but um, I, I think we're looking at uh, an improvement. I mean, there, there was some, um, you know, some, some higher investments in, uh, in a number of areas this quarter, and I think, um, I, I think we may be looking at, um, at, a, at, a, slightly, uh, at a slightly lower uh, OPEX going forward. Okay, so no no step up, maybe even get better. No. Uh, sorry, I did have one last one. Was there anything unusual in Q3 that we need to think about in terms of one-time revenue or one-time costs related to regulatory or other settlement issues? Yes, we had a we, we had a one-time uh, adjustment last year. Um, of um, no, it was um, yeah, uh, we, yeah <laughs> you know we'll get into that, but um, uh, yeah, there was a one-time uh, adjustment last year about um, slightly uh, in, the, in, in the teens of millions of dollars from, uh, from what I remember. One-time benefit, not a, not a headwind. One-time benefit, exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I'll pass the line. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Uh, next question comes from Matthew Griffiths from uh, Bank of uh, Montreal. Please go ahead, uh, Matthew. Or, uh, change my player, uh, Bank of America. But Bank of America, taking... I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> no no problem at all. Uh, thanks for taking the question. Um, I just wanted to ask a question on wireless. Uh, BYOD in the past has been something that you guys have talked about. And um, with the introduction of the EIP, um, I was wondering if you could talk about maybe how that percentage both of maybe gross ads or perhaps of the base is changing. And um, just to piggyback on the margin questions asked earlier, if we should think of a change in that mix impacting um, margins in the telecom sec uh, se uh, segment. Um, thanks, uh, Matt. Um, no, on the, uh, on the margin, um, you know, I think um, I think my answer there's, there's nothing I, I wouldn't add anything to my uh, to my uh, you know to my previous answer I, I wouldn't expect any uh, um, any major um, any major further impact uh, going forward um, and um, your first question uh, yeah, on WYOD um, you know this is something that's been highly successful for us for for for, uh, for many years it continues you know. It continues to be, as you know, as we've said in the past, you know, the, the important, you know, part of the, uh, of the BYOD is to make sure that, uh, you know, that you're there because at some point, um, you know, you, you, you may or you will have to, um, you know, to transition your, your customer from a BYOD model to a, you know, to a subscription or to an EIP or to, to, to some other model. So it's important for us. Um, you know, to remain very, very close to that, and uh, I think our churn numbers are, are you know, are uh, uh, are demonstrating that uh, that we have, and now we have, uh, you know, we offer, you know, all, all of the various models, and uh, having been able to, um, you know, to be successful at offering, um, you know, to our customers, you know, what they want. And um, being able to migrate them from uh, from uh, you know the entry BYOD model at, at at you know at similar margins for us, which um, is interesting, and moving them up uh, to uh, you know to other models and um, and uh, continuing on the margin basis. So, um, and I, you know, Matt, uh, you know, you uh, our fifth brand is 100% BYOD, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, with uh, the the since it's coupled with a, a digital model, uh, you can imagine that you know the cost of acquisitions are 
is very low compared to uh, you know when you're delivering a, a, the cost of acquisition cash wise uh, in terms of you know getting a the, the latest iPhone in the end of a customer. So uh, the capacity of offering you know many uh, possibilities or many scenarios is uh, positively positively impacting our capacity to get the new customers. All right, great, thanks. And maybe just a quick follow-up. Um, I don't know if it was uh, said earlier, but uh, did you guys give the wireless uh, churn and the wireless CapEx uh, numbers for the quarter? Um, um, maybe we have or not, but our, our wireless churn was, uh, was uh, slightly, um, you know, slightly higher than last year, of course, but, you know, I think we've, we've talked about this last year it was a very unusual year with much, uh, you know, with much fewer port outs. Uh, but sequentially better than uh, than uh, than on uh, than on Q1, uh, 1.1 to 1 percent or something of uh, the sort. We didn't give it up, but it's 1 percent, right? Yeah, 1 percent. Looking at my number, and capex. Your second question was with uh, uh, wireless capex, right? Yes. Wireless capex was um, 100, and uh, did, did we give it out? Give you the number. The wireless capex was for the quarter. Um, was 48, uh, 48 million for the quarter. Thank you so much. All right. Um, next, we have a question from David McFadden from Cormark Capital. Please go ahead, David. Oh, hi. Yeah, a couple of questions. Um, just looking at the um, wireless ABCO, you know, in the past, was declining a little bit, and this quarter it was flat on a year-over-year -year basis. So I was just wondering what's changed, what's driving that. I, would, I know you mentioned the slight uptick in roaming, but I imagine that wouldn't really be the factor there. Is it, is it just more data consumption, more people moving up to higher price plans? If you can give us any color on that, that would be helpful. Uh, yeah, on the um, on, on that, David. Um, yeah, a little bit of roaming we said, but not not uh, the main thing. I mean, you know, it's uh, and and a little bit of uh, of uh, higher value of equipment, you know, per per unit of equipment. But it's mostly uh, it's mostly people in in fit, in in both brands actually, to be honest. You know, moving up and uh, and uh, really increasing uh, RPUs uh, in both of our brands, and um, importantly, fizz. Uh, comparatively moving up uh, or increasing a little bit more, so um, having less dilutive impact. But was it, was it price increases or just people deciding to go for just like a, a higher price plan, more data? No, I, I mean, people know that there's uh, well, a couple of things. I mean, as we said, there was no uh, roaming decline, okay, that's the first thing. And secondly, people uh, just moving up to, to higher packages and, um, and um, you know, just uh, having a, uh, an average service uh, spend uh, a little bit higher and, and continuing to be higher in the quarter. Okay. And then just on, um, just on the Quebec uh, wireless growth ads, you know, when you look at uh, your net ads, they're, I mean, you know, they're still very good. They're just down a little bit from what they used to be previously. So I'm just wondering if the Quebec wireless market growth is maybe slowing a little bit? Is that, are you seeing that? Well, it's, it's um, you know, I think the account and, you know, commented on that. I mean, it's, it's a very competitive market. You know, we're hearing that, um, 
that English Canada or Ontario more specifically had been uh, a little bit less uh, competitive. I mean, here, you know, we, we, we have to fight. Uh, we have to fight for these things. And, um, um, you know, um, it's it, uh, switching, uh, you know, from year to year. Last year, switching, uh, you know, port house and switching was, was down. Uh, now it's, you know, it's back up. Uh, people are increasingly focusing on price. And um, I think we've got the right tools. That uh, you know, that being said, to, to, to you know, to really offer them what they're looking for. But but it is a market where you know um, you know building uh, net new ads is, um, is is you know is not easy. And uh, certainly compared to uh, you know to last year, um, it's a uh, you know it's it's a market that continues to be uh, to be comparatively uh, more competitive than uh, uh, than the rest of uh, of the country. Um, you know, we've, we've launched uh, EIP, uh, which is also at the beginning, as we've said, you know, it's just starting out. So we haven't, I think, uh, reached, you know, full steam on that one. And I think this will provide uh, uh, a, little bit more, uh, a little bit more momentum there. And, um, you know, with 30% uh, share of growth ads and, and our two brands uh, being, you know, uh, rightly positioned in terms of pricing and promotions, uh, you know, we, we think... Uh, you know, as Gekka mentioned earlier, that we've got all the right tools and all the right strategies to continue to be successful in that, uh, in that you know, but it has to be said, highly competitive market. Okay. All right, thanks. All right, and the last question we currently have in the queue comes from Jeff Fan, Scotiabank. Please go ahead, Jeff. Thank you. Good morning. Um, just wanted to follow up on the CapEx got the wireless CapEx question um, and maybe ask about um, you know, what, what the breakdown is, if you have that roughly between what you would consider maintenance-type CapEx versus 5G, um, not, not really just for the quarter, but maybe since you started your 5G CapEx, curious what the rough breakdown is. If you didn't have 5G CapEx, what would your CapEx be if you look back the last Few quarters, and then also looking ahead, um, then how much how much do you, do you plan to spend on 5G um, to to cover Quebec specifically? And then um, the second question, just to follow up perhaps on uh, on national expansion. I know we vis visited that topic extensively last week, but maybe one question that, that wasn't quite asked is um, what would make you stay inside Quebec? Uh, we talked about lots of reasons why you would go outside and uh, lots of uh, conditions that you want to see but what you know what, what would make you stay inside Quebec and not expand I'm wondering if you can just elaborate and talk a little bit about that thanks good um, I will start uh, Jeff and um, uh, maybe you will, will add um, so our wireless capex uh, I understand that what you were asking is what's the breakdown between the maintenance and and uh, you know, pure capex and I, you know for us we're we're not, we're not going to give you the, the detail of that for competitive reasons but uh, what we can say and what I would say is we've been through uh, um, it, it relates uh, to to the second part of your question regarding 5G so it relates to the fact that you know. Uh, we, we know that our competitors uh, uh, make a lot of noise uh, around 5G. Um, 
I guess probably that they don't have a lot of other choices uh, given that you know they've been uh, unable to uh, offer something else. Um, so uh, they're focusing on that. That doesn't mean that you know we don't consider 5G important. In fact, you know we will continue to invest. As you know, we launch uh, in uh, Quebec. We launch in Montreal. Uh, we will continue to go, uh, to invest uh, to have a full 5G network. Uh, it, and but we consider there there is no rush to do that. Um, so um, it is important to say that you know we it's another migration. Uh, from as the other ones that we experienced for the last 20 years, uh, or a little bit less than 20 years since uh, we, we are a wireless um, operator. Um, so um, that, that for the, the first part of, of your question. The second, uh, <laughs> I guess it's a strange question, uh, Jeff, but I understand that you can ask it. Um, uh, we, I think that last Friday, you know, uh, uh, through certain questions, uh, we were uh, we were honest enough to say yes. You know, that we have limited potential of growth in Quebec, uh, and now you know we have the entire tools uh, uh, to be able you know to uh, move forward in other markets. Uh, I would like to reemphasize the fact that you know uh, when we came uh, in 2008 uh, with the first auction and the, the other ones. Uh, our, our objectives were, were not to, to speculate on buying Spectrum uh, for whatever reason and the different reasons that we've been facing at that time. Uh, we thought that you know, it was probably not the, the appropriate time you know, to move forward in a wireless market elsewhere. As you know, um, you know we had uh, certain obligations, namely, and this was, was important because uh, we've been able to acquire Duotron because of them, but you know we, we, we have deadlines and obligations to reimburse uh, or to buy back uh, Caisse de Depot's position, which we did. So, uh, and this, it is important to mention again that uh, you know our balance sheet uh, is one of the best of the industry, and there is no such obligation anymore like the one we were facing uh, not last week, obviously, because the purchase was done. A few months, a few, a few years ago, but you know we have now the capacity to grow our free cash flow. Uh, we have no obligation. We've been refinancing um, recently, as you said um, in in the script. So all those uh, favorable elements are, are there to provide us with uh, a new segment of growth, uh, which uh, we think that we will be successful to develop. And maybe just one quick follow-up. Um, are you, would you consider uh, partnerships in, in this venture uh, for this growth segment? Yeah, we're open to all sorts of uh, possibilities. You know, we've been in partnership with uh, uh, many companies in the past in, in different activities, uh, whatever, printing, newspaper. Uh, so uh, I, th I think that, you know, we all, all, we've been always a good partner and we will continue to, to, to be one. Uh, we understand that the, uh, uh, the advantages of partnership and uh, also the obligations. Uh, yes, there are always two sides uh, on a coin. Uh, you have obligations and you have also advantages. And this, uh, 
represent a good balance, and this is why, you know, we will always uh, going to be open for successful endeavors in this direction. Great. Thank you. So I think it, it closed um, our conference call. Jeff, what was uh, the last question? So to all of you, um, thank you very much uh, for your attendance, and uh, talk to you at uh, next quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the Quebecor Inc.'s financial results for the 2021 second quarter conference call. Thank you for your participation and have a nice day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.